Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Hallelujah. Charlie. We can even go home. We have been preached to. I saw some people singing the breakup of my relationship like it's the breakup of my relationship. We've received points, oh. That's what's on my mind today. I can't get over the feeling. So many lessons I have learned. What have you learned? I have learned. Uh, if you love, you okay. I tell the nearest person who has had a breakup before. Number two, I have learned. You love you will what communicate. anybody who has some boy talking to you is not communicating today is the breakup of your relationship he said to me if you, you, you smile anyone who is not smiling at you is the end if you love me you'll be full of life and fun number five if you love me you'll be cheerful around me and if you like me We have got the points today. Oh my lord, oh my lord. Then I I I realized that some people were singing to me. I realized that I was being sung to because uh, there's a song I went to tell my pastor. Is this love? Is this love? I think nobody should come to my office today. They they asked some. I went to my pastor. So I went to my pastor and Uh told him everything. I went to my pastor and told him everything. And what? The way I was feeling, this is the way I was feeling. I was, I was falling. And then what did my pastor say? If he loves you, he will not sleep with you. But he will love you and treat you right. And treat you right. But love is patient. And love is kind. And love is kind. And, and if he, he loves, loves you, tell your neighbor if he loves you, he'll wait for you. He will wait for you until Now turn to the nearest married person and say, when he's married, he's supposed to have his way. Hey. Look. 
agree that we have received points this afternoon be advised nobody should come to my office today please don't, don't you don't have to come for the pastor to say to you the pastor has said it to you it's finished amen in this church there's a song for every moment and even now stand to your feet it's time for the word of god all of us stand to your feet and there's a song for now give me a key These are times, times of the anointing. We're going deeper, going deeper, and doing more. Oh, how I love you! And we have the words, and I delight in you. You're my special treasure. My treasure indeed. Are you ready for the anointing? Let's sing it again. These are times. I feel it in my spirit. Times of the anointing. We're going deeper. We're going deeper. I want to do more for you, Jesus. Doing more. Oh, how I love you. Oh, how I love you. Tell him I delight in you. And I delight in you. You're my special treasure. My treasure indeed. Come on, first time, church. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I feel you. I feel your presence. I feel your power. I feel your light. Oh, I can't get enough. Come on, let's sing, Jesus. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I feel you. All your love, I can't get enough of you. One more time, Jesus. Jesus, I love you. Come on, church, lift your hands and sing it. Jesus, I need you. Even now, even now we feel you. Even now we feel you in all your glory. One more time with your hands in the air. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. I feel you, I feel you. Just lift your hands one more time. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I feel you. In all your glory, in all of your love, I
for. But this one thing I do, forgetting the things that are behind me, I press forth for the mark of the high order of Jesus. I love you, Jesus, and you are my delight. How wonderful you are for delight, says the scripture. You're my special treasure. Come on, let's sing it again. Everyone, lift your hands, close your eyes, and say, These are times of the anointing. Times of the anointing. You're going home with something fresh and something new. Going deeper and true it all. Now tell the Lord how much you love Him. What a blessing. Afternoon, what are we? Morning, afternoon, afternoon. We are going to share with you about church growth. Amen. Are you excited about that? And my topic today is church growth and Gethsemane. Church growth and Gethsemane. 
Please be seated. Now, church growth, Ephesians 4 and verse 16 says that every joint supplies something. So, for the work of God to go on, everybody supplies something. One church member can supply 100 members. Somebody can supply 10 people. So look at the scripture. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplied. So every part of the body contributes to church growth. All right? According to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body. That's what makes the body increase. All right? Change the version, please. Change the version, please. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. So everybody does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow. It helps the other parts grow. So see the word grow, church growth. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So the word grow, growing, growth, church growth, all right, is very important and you see that all of us are supposed to contribute by being together. Now, look at, change the version again, please. And he makes the whole body grow and build itself up in love. Amen. Amen. Under the control of Christ, each part of the body does its work. It supports the other parts. In that way, the body is joined and held together. Amen. So that it, he makes the whole body grow. So that's why I'm talking about church growth because what is in the Bible concerns us. Growing of a church. The church growing. Everybody has a part to play. You may think it's the pastor's work, but no. The Bible says every joint supply. That's the King James old language. Change the version again. Give us yet another version. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy in God, robust in love. Amen. But I want to say something. Look at Ephesians 4.16 in the King James. King James. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted so God's will for us is to be compacted we have to be close one of the secrets that has helped us to grow is close relationships I have close relationships with quite a number of people There's hardly any missionary anywhere with whom I don't have a close relationship. 
That's why sometimes when people break away, leave and say negative things, it, it sounds funny. They themselves know that it's funny. Because we have close relationship for a long time. That's why it causes a stir and an uproar. Because they are close relationships. So close relationships help us to grow. If um, you shake hands with your neighbor, shake hands if you don't want to shake hands, tap the shoulder or something. Now, have you done that? Now do a pregnancy test and see if the person is pregnant. Is the person pregnant? No, because it's not close enough. You get what I'm saying? It's not deep enough. So unless the relationship is deep enough, there's no child or fruit or growth. I hope you understand. If you are even in class four, I'm sure those up to class three and four can even understand this. So it is a certain level of closeness that we have and we can stay too close for a long time that can give us fruit and that can also give us children, can make us a family. All right? So Satan is always trying to make us quarrel. And to have something, this guy, I've marked him. This one, this no. Don't do that. You'll be cut off from important people in your life. Amen. Amen. So you rarely have someone who is growing, who doesn't have compacting and togetherness. Put the scripture back. Compacting and togetherness. Every joint supplies. And you rarely have a church growing until everybody somehow supplies something. And that's why on Swollen Sunday, the last time we had it, you see that every joint supplied something. All right? Everybody was bringing somebody. And I think we need to have some just flexing of muscles. Not necessarily a Swollen Sunday, but just we want to breathe in. You know, sometimes you go to the doctor and say, breathe in, and then you see that you become a little bigger by just a breath. Yes, breathe in and out. So some of the Sundays we'll be doing breathe in and out. In, out, and then you see that the church just becomes bigger. It shows that we are alive. Amen. Beautiful. So that is why we are preaching about um, church growth. You know, I tell you, People have to learn to love the church because the church is Christ, the body of Christ. He's the head, we are the body. Every time we go for weddings, we hear that scripture. He's the head, we are the body. He says it's a great mystery. The great mystery is that you leave your father and mother and you'll be joined to, to, to your, your spouse. And that great mystery is a mystery where you see the church is the body and Christ is our, Jesus is our husband and we are joined with him. We are the bride of Christ and we are, yeah, wow, and we are getting closer. We are getting closer. Amen. Now, what is church growth and Gethsemane? All right. And I want to tell you something. Um, You see, you never know, you see, knowledge, knowledge is a key 
Knowledge is a key. Luke eleven fifty two. It says that woe to you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. Woe to lawyers. Now, lawyers in the Bible time were not like lawyers now. They were like scripture people into the scriptures and so on. So it is not like a profession that we as we have it now. But anyway, woe to you lawyers. That's what the Bible says. So please, I normally don't excuse anybody. But for you have taken away the key of knowledge. So knowledge is the only thing in the Bible which is called a key. You check your Bible and see what else is called a key. When Jesus said, I'll give you the keys of heaven, Matthew 16 and from verse 18 and verse 19, you say, I'll build my church and then I'll give you the keys of heaven. I'll give you the keys. Verse 19. Which key again? Keys are knowledge. Knowledge will take you to a very amazing place in God. Amen. Amen. So, many people think that they have knowledge, but actually, we lack knowledge many times, and God wants to bless us with knowledge. Amen. Amen. Now, one of the keys is that church growth and the blessing generally in your life is connected to Gethsemane. Let's look at what Gethsemane is. Luke 22, verse 39. Luke 22. And he came out and proceeded, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples also followed him. All right? And when he arrived at the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation and he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and began to pray saying father if thou art willing remove this cup from me yet not my will but thine be done now an angel from heaven appeared to him strengthening him and being in agony he was praying very fervently and sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground And when he arose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping from sorrow and said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Amen. Amen. All right. right. Now, the Bible says that it was Jesus' custom to go to um, the Mount of Olives. All right. Now, when we go to Israel... If, if I have the chance, if I have a chance to be with you for this part, there are many things in Israel. But the Thursday to Friday, Jesus' movements, just in that short time, from Thursday evening to the, where the supper was inside the old Jerusalem, after that, he comes down. You, you will see, there's, you have to cross and walk. So, you know, the Israel trip, sometimes when you are with older people who don't want to walk much and so on, you can't really see or feel. So I'm hoping that the first love 
visit will be a little more energy because you really need energy to walk and to walk briskly because we can't walk slowly the places there are distances to cover so from the last supper then we go to the garden which is in the mount of olives there are a lot of olive trees there it's in the mount of olives when you are standing in jerusalem at the gate you can see the mount of olives there so we have the last supper there and he went down to the mount of olives the olives and there he was praying Whilst he was praying there is where they came to arrest him. So when he was arrested, then they took him to the high priest's palace. So we have to walk from there, go through the Kidron Valley, down and up and go to the high priest's palace where he was tried. Then in the morning, he was taken from there and we have to cross back to Jerusalem to Pilate's palace which is at a different place and there he'll be sentenced then from where he's sentenced we have to walk on a road called the via dolorosa all the way up to Cal- mount calvary calvary is not just calvary it's a mount calvary it's way at the top and the catholic church have built a beautiful church right on the place where they believe jesus was crucified so this walk is you, you sort of see the movement that happened in the evening. Alright? It goes here, it comes here, it goes here, it's arrested, it's taken here, from there it's taken here, from there it's taken there, and all the distances. Alright? So this is what happened that night. So that night, Jesus went to the garden and it was a place that he, it was his custom. So we see Jesus laying the foundation of the church. That we are all benefiting from. A church which has never stopped growing. Some churches since COVID. They spaced out the church chairs. And the chairs are still spaced out. COVID arrangements are still on. Because it helps. But Jesus church. Has never stopped growing. Now. Number one. What does Gethsemane teach you? Number one, it teaches you that the turning points for your life are determined in the private and personal times you have with the Lord. Because Jesus' life was determined by his private prayer time with with, with his father. Not by any public ministry. Amen. Amen. Uh, If you want to know where I'm preaching from, you can even get the notes and email it to me. It's in my book, Church Growth. I'm preaching to you directly from the book. I always preach from my books. The turning point of your life are determined by not preaching and not coming to church but by your personal time because in the garden of Gethsemane he left the disciples and prayed to his father so you need you need that amen Amen. number two 
Gethsemane shows us that the greatest example the greatest example of waiting on the Lord is the great example of waiting on God is Jesus in Gethsemane. Amen. Amen. Number three. So number one is what? Turning points are made in, are found in Jerusalem in Gethsemane. Number two is that Jesus in the garden is your example. He is your he is your savior. He is your your leader. He is your master. He is your guide. He is your great example. All of us have fallen short of Jesus' example. But let us learn, let us learn from Jesus. Amen. Number three, Gethsemane shows us that you must have a place you go to often to wait on the Lord. There must, be a, there must be somewhere that you go to wait on God. There must be. There must be a place. Now, some of you have never gone anywhere to pray before. But there must be a place that you go, Bible says, as was his custom. Amen. It was his custom. It's not a funeral custom. It's not an outdooring custom. It's not an engagement custom. It's a custom of Jesus Christ. Oh, when you hear people say, oh, this is our tradition, our tradition, our tradition. We also have a tradition in the church. We have custom in the church. And the Bible says it was the custom of Jesus to go to the garden. He knew, and that's why Judas knew exactly where he would be. He went and looked at the Bible, as was his custom. I've always had places that I go to to pray from the time I was in secondary school up until today. I have. Any ant or cockroach who lives there will see me often there. If there's a cockroach living there, Eh? He will see me regularly or often going to where the cockroaches. I've been doing that since I was in secondary school. Since I was at Legon. You'll find me in the gardens lying on the bridge. There used to be a little pond there. I used to lie on the bridge and pray. That's what determines your life really. Not what you are seen doing. Number four. 
Gethsemane teaches us the importance of going away from your usual environment. Your usual environment to places where you can benefit from nature. Amen. I remember some years ago, I took some people somewhere to pray. And there were some people among them asked, why are we coming here? They were asking, why can't we pray in Accra? I mean, it's amazing how people think. Huh? Listen, you'll be surprised that your mind is not working because you are in town. From my experience, it takes, I don't want to say too long, but it can take two days to calm down. Sometimes three days before you are now not and if your phone is on, each time there's a message, huh? you are returning back to high velocity thoughts. When you study sleep, there's a type of sleep called REM sleep. Got rapid eye motion sleep. So if you lift your eyelid, you see the eye moving, even though you are sleeping, it's moving. So you think you are resting, but the eyes are working. Thoughts and certain dreams and certain things come during the REM sleep and there are other phases of the sleep. It takes a while to calm down. Number five, it teaches you, Gethsemane teaches you the importance of fellowshipping with small groups, amen, of leaders. Even in the secular world, you see them going away to islands, to resorts. You see them going to places. A company that is selling knives and forks. They've gone to an island. Someone who is making frying pans and cooking pots in Venezuela has taken, uh, is gone on a whatever to, for a meeting. Far away, staff. Some even rent boats privately and they take every staff member. And some are, so why can't we have this meeting in the house? You see? Your village ways are disturbing you. Why is she? You see, you have to sing that song with the village ways in it. Huh? So get ready. Maybe you have to sing it before we close. I was telling somebody 
There are so many things I never saw my father do. And my mother. I learned them in church. And I learned them from church. If you think that what you know is all that you learn from your parents, your biological parents, I pity you. Yes. Because if your parents' marriage was an X40 marriage, not A1, it has gone all the way to X, and the X has become 40. It's got a long way to go up to even C and B. Or if the marriage did not exist at all, where will you learn so many things? And as you are here, you are learning. When you enter a certain environment and you relax, your mind works differently. Derek Prince said something one time I was listening to him. I, can you hear me clearly? All right. I can hear myself so clearly. But Derek Prince said something. He said that he finds that God speaks to him when he's resting. He spoke about one of the greatest decisions of his ministry. He said he was standing in front of the mirror combing his hair. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to him. And the Holy Spirit said to him, you are not an evangelist. That's all. You are not an evangelist. (laughs) Oh, yes. He said, you are a teacher. You are not an evangelist. Yes. Something like that. Oh, yes. That is why they tell you, don't take decisions when you are angry. Don't take decisions when you are upset. Don't take decisions when you are under stress. Because a large part of your mind is cut off. It's not working. So you see when people are hurt, they say, oh, God has spoken to me. Oh, Mali, you are hurt. That is what you are doing. You are just hurt. You are just hurt. Hurt is working on you. Hurt is working on you. That's all. So, when you are in church and you hear, it's the breakup of my relationship, and you are listening to the song, you are not offended. You are not hurt by it. And you hear clearly. Why? Because you don't communicate. You don't smile when you see me. You're not cheerful around me. You don't like my friends. You have got about four good reasons without being offended to break up at by 6 p.m. today. Don't wait till you are hurt, then you are taking decisions. No. It has to pass long. Amen. Number six, Gethsemane shows you the importance of being alone with God. Thank God for prayer meetings, but being alone with God. I'm happy to lead a flow prayer meeting, but it's different from if I'm alone praying. I'm happy to lead a prayer meeting, but it's different from when I'm alone praying. Yeah. So your life is going to change. Amen. Amen. As you pray. 
Number seven, Gethsemane teaches you the importance of praying, thy will be done. Amen. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Now, thy will be done is an important prayer. Anybody who claims that he knows the will of God, it's true you may know the will of God, but please, many of us don't know the will of God. Most of us don't know the will of God. I had I heard one pastor saying, I am in the center of the will of God. I am in the center of the will of God. And I thought to myself, I pray for such confidence that I'll also be able to say, I am in the center of the will of God. Yes. Ask your neighbor, are you in the center or to the right or the left of the center? Hmm. <laughs> Amen. Now, every one of us must develop these points. Amen. Number one, develop the art of what? Praying. Develop the art of waiting on God all alone from today all alone I want to see you praying alone I've never seen any man of God a pastor who does well without waiting on God alone alone to be a servant of God is sometimes lonely and so you take a place like Mampong. It has an environment that is different from Accra environment. You see, you'll be in Accra for five weeks, there will be no rain. But it's raining every day over there. Because it's a different... There are four reasons why it doesn't rain in Accra. I'm sure you learned it in geography. The four reasons why there's little rainfall in Accra and Greater Accra. You know the four reasons. Well, if you don't know them, go back to school because I don't know what school you went to. Huh? This is geography. We learned this in geography. All right? So, number one, tell your neighbor, I want to see you alone with God. Yeah. Today, You have people who are going to watch movies in the movie theater. Sometimes they'll take a boy or a girl. In our time, I don't know when our time was, but our time is also now. (laughs) Some of us never developed that habit or art. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that it will, ne- it will never occur to me to go and go to 
a movie theater to go and watch a movie now. Because I have watched it at home on TV. <laughs> oh, you don't understand my point. So it's just something that I've not learned how to do. I'm not saying that it's not nice. And I'm not saying I've not been to a movie theater. I've been before. Orion Cinema. Do you know Orion? Yes. <laughs> we had Rex Cinema. I used to go there. Rex. Orion. No, I never went to Plaza. Globe. I went to Globe. Before video was invented. Yes. There was nothing like video. You want to watch a movie, you go to the cinema. What I'm saying is that I haven't developed that art. And you too, you have not developed that art of going alone to go and pray. Just as I haven't developed the art of going to, go, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to Accra Mall to go and watch a movie. It, it has not occurred to me before. Even when I pass by Accra Mall, it doesn't occur to me that there's a movie. It occurs to me that there are shops. But you, it occurs to you. So what I'm trying to tell you is that you, you know how to go and watch movies. What about developing the art of going somewhere to go and just pray? Only you. How about that? I think these people, I'm, I'm going to another country because these people are not interested in this kind of preaching. Where shall I go? I think I'll go to Zimbabwe. Number two, develop the art of waiting on God with a small group, like seven people, eight people, ten people. I used to pray, I used to go to pray up in the mountains, my, just myself and a few pastors, maybe ten. There were times I would go and pray. What I, I wrote, I'm sure some of you have read it in the, uh, what it means to be a shepherd, the pineapple patch. Yeah, I was only with Bishop Saki and Bishop Eddie, the three of us. I said, let's go and pray. Yeah. You have somebody, you tell, let's go and smoke. Let's go and follow girls. Number three, develop the art of waiting on God with the congregation. Number four, develop the art of praying during floor prayer meeting. You see, you have to know how to use technology to help you to pray. If, for instance, you want to pray for three hours, four hours, all you need to do is to go on YouTube and pick one of the YouTube whatever and start playing it in your house. You can pray for hours. And hours and hours and hours. Number four. Develop the art of waiting on God by timing yourself with time. Use your watch. Jesus said, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? One hour. Amen. Amen. 
If you can't pray for one hour, you can't pray. Jesus was shocked that people couldn't pray for one hour. He was shocked. Ask your neighbor, what? You can't pray for one hour. I mean, shout at the person in a way the person will be surprised. What? What? You can't pray for one hour? One hour? One hour? One time I met a man who was boasting about how long he has sex for. Yes. He was telling me the length of time. I don't want to say the length of time on the microphone, but he was telling me the the amount of time. He said there's nobody who can do what he can do. Not that I watch it in the movie. He's standing there. This is is his, I mean, he's, he's proud about it. I don't know whether he never talked to me about prayer but he was explaining to me his abilities are so wild that there's nobody like him to ever marry the person that he has proposed to and that if she misses him she has missed in her life rather boast about, not boast but like let's rather say you know I can pray for two hours I can pray for three hours rather than telling somebody you can uh, have sex for uh, what do you call it this I won't mention, you are waiting for me to mention the time that the guy said but I won't say the time on the microphone of saying there's nobody like Jesus he said there's nobody like me Hmm. ask your neighbor so you how long can you pray for how long can you last how long can you last number number six develop the art of praying in tongues while you read your bible Amen. Develop the art of praying in tongues while you read the Bible. What, you ask yourself, what will you do at Gethsemane? And you are praying in tongues. You need to, your mind will be, can be roaming. So reading your Bible and other books that are related to the Bible, you will start to have revelation. How many want revelation? Oh, yes. Amen. Hallelujah. So pray. Pray. Now I'm going to give you a sign. How many are going to develop this sign? Yes. Pray until you can pray all night on your own. Without sleeping. One man all night. There's nobody say, shall we pray? Or sharing. You you are just alone in a room. Yes. Till the morning. Through the night. No supervision. Only you. Only you. Throughout the night till it becomes day. And you are there praying. 
Is it too much? I think I should share this with the bishop school. I think maybe people are not interested in such things. Yeah. Hmm. Beautiful. Now, develop the art of praying with fasting. Now, everybody must attempt one day fast, three day fast, five day fast, seven day fasting, 14 day fast, 21 day fast. Chloe, you are dry, only water. And 40 day fast, not beyond 40 days. And, and don't die, oh, please. <laughs> Stay alive, please. Anybody who sees that any disease of yours gets worse through fasting, you have to not do that fast. Because there are different types of fasting. We have fasting called Daniel fasting. Daniel fasted, the Bible says, in Daniel 10 verse 2, In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread. Neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth. Neither did I anoint myself. No bathing. Till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And it was an achievement. No pleasant bread. No pleasant what? Bread. Bread. That means you set aside banku and okros okro soup. You set aside all your stews and your whatever. You set aside uh, garden egg stew. And what? Your fish and your kenke. You set aside your fried yams and pork. And what else do you want to eat? I can't hear you. Your kegari, you set it aside. Set aside your kele wele. Those of you who don't know what kele, maybe you are watching online. You've never had kele wele before. Where are they? You don't know what you are missing. Kelewele. Come to Ghana and eat Kelewele. Come to Ghana and eat Kelewele. You don't have any idea what you are missing. Hmm. Come beef. Yeah. Because you see, it's a type of fast. It's an and it's endorsed by Daniel the prophet. He had more visions than any of us who can claim to be fasting dry. Look, if you fast dry and you see that you fainted or you've collapsed, eh? let this be the last time that we hear of such a thing. You get what I'm saying? Yes. And if you have diabetes, you have to be careful because when you go low on your sugar and you go um, low on sugar, 
your brain, your brain can die from lack of glucose because it uses glucose to think. So you, you have to be careful. And also, so you see that you can decide that I'm fasting. You know, everybody has what is called pleasant bread. And you see, Daniel is saying he ate no pleasant bread because for them, their food was bread. When you go to the Middle East, you see that bread they call Lebanese bread. That is their main food. One day I was in the Middle East, they told me, Thursday night is the feast. They, they told me I shouldn't eat before I come. Because I should keep myself, but there is a feast. Hey! That is, I was in the Middle East. I've been to so many countries there. So I preserved, I think Joshua was with me. I preserved my stomach. We said, ah, tonight is the feast. We didn't have breakfast. We were waiting because they told us feast. When we went, there were some pieces of bread and some small, small salads. This thing. So we were there. I said, no, these ones are the starters. This is the beginning. <laughs> The scripture we quoted was, though the beginning be small, the latter end shall be greatly increased. Look. We were there, the waiters were bringing more of this small, small salad with small, small bread. (laughs) Sixteen courses. By a certain time, I signaled, I said, this is it. Nothing else is coming. So to somebody, that is pleasant bread. But to us, if you were to eat that one, it means you are fasting. That would be a pleasant bread fasting. (laughs) One day I invited one of my bishops to my house. That time he wasn't married. And um, my wife made some jollof and other things. So... We sat at the table and we started eating. Then, as we were eating, I looked at him and he had bowed down his head like this. I said, brother, what is wrong? I said, oh, nothing. I said, no. I said, what is it? He said, normally, rice is my dessert. He said, normally, rice is my dessert. So it means the jollof rice that I gave him, it wasn't food to him. Yes. So everybody has what is pleasant bread to you and what is not pleasant bread to you. So when you take off your pleasant bread, your usual, and you descend to Things that are not pleasant, it's a type of fast. Yes. And especially if you have any medical, some of medicine, those things, it is, you can go for that Middle East type of, what do you call it? And before you realize, you are deep in the fast. And when you do it, after some time, you realize that you, you don't even feel like eating all those things. Yeah. So, everyone must, let, you see, and it is better that you do that than you don't fast at all. Because you may say, oh, Charlie, January I'll fast. But I, I can't fast again. 
I can't fast again. But every young man who called yourself a man of God, you must have adventures. Adventures in fasting. Oh, yes. Adventures in waiting on God. Yeah. See how deep you can go. Yes. All within safety limits and wisdom. I hope somebody is listening to me. Yeah. Gethsemane is a master key and a turning point. Now, Gethsemane finally is a key to having the supernatural. You see, you need something more than is natural to work. For thousands of people to gather like I gathered today, to just come and listen to somebody is supernatural. That's what you call the multitudes ministry of Jesus Christ. People have to be moved by a power to even come. It takes, and we are here in the afternoon. This is afternoon. It's afternoon getting to evening. Late afternoon. Yes. Yes. Normally church is by 11 is done. But we, we are here. This is live. If you are watching, it's live. We are here live. It's afternoon. 4, 4.30 or whatever in the afternoon. Yes. It's a live broadcast. That power is what happens when you pray. Prayer brings in a supernatural element. In Matthew 16 and verse 18, he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The direct enemy of the church is the gates of hell. It's something you are planting into the gate of hell itself. The gate of hell is what you are fighting against when you are building the church. And that's why there's a lot of response and reactions in the realm of the spirit. You cannot be involved in God's work unless you become spiritual. I don't want you to depend on the pastor praying for you. But you must know how to pray for yourself. A pastor can pray for you. There's no harm in that. But you have to be someone who has to pray. When my father died, I was in the house. In his house. I tell you, I am not lying. I heard something walking in the house. After he died. I heard something walking in the house. And I said, today is today. Because if I say I'm a man of God, whatever it is that is working, it is between me and that thing. What will you do? You can't make any phone calls. I heard that thing. Cut, 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 cut. Hey! Are you not a man of God? Rise up and pray and challenge the thing. I remember a church the pastor gave a testimony he said I will build my church it brings in the supernatural when Jesus prayed in this garden 
Angels appeared. Angels. You read it. He said, angels appeared strengthening him. That's when supernatural things start happening. What does he say? And there appeared an angel from heaven strengthening him. Your prayer will bring in angels. Your prayer will bring in angels. So your natural life, how things are, are going to change and some kind of supernatural engagement in the realm of the spirit. Angels will become deployed on your behalf. There appeared an angel strengthening him. He didn't ask for an angel, but angels will come where there's prayer. One time I was in a house somewhere praying and my eyes opened, you know, because I just, I can just, it just comes to my mind straight away. I saw them outside my house. I saw them outside the house where I was praying. <laughs> if you come out of the door like this, one was sitting right, like if I was to come, I would have to ask, excuse me. One was sitting there, another one was standing here talking to this one and there was one here and there were some others, about three or four, they were, they were just hanging on like security guard, like a, like a team. They were just there. They were just outside the house. And I was inside praying. And I saw them. Oh yes. In the realm of the spirit. Because as you pray, you are engaging the realm of the spirit and drawing in a supernatural element to your dry life. To your dry life. One day, a pastor was praying uh, then a wizard he was converted and came to church and he told the pastor I want to tell you something that happened when I was practicing those I belonged to that group he said we were sent on an assignment to your to this, not to that city but to your city to go and scatter churches yeah go and scatter churches he said, when we got there, we entered the first church. Oh, we finished the church off. The church was scattered and the church ended. We entered another church. We scattered the church. Then we came to your church. He has now been converted and is now in that church. And this man was a wizard. He said, when we got to your church... We saw a big canopy over the church. It was a large church, but there was a canopy over. A canopy of thorns. Can you imagine like, it's like a tent of thorns. In the realm of the spirit, they saw the thorns. They said, we cannot enter. The prayers and the fastings and the serious spirituality of the members and of the church has created in the realm of the spirit a canopy of thorns. He said, and we went back. Then we, then, he said, when we went back, we decided that let's take up the pastor alone, just the pastor. So they came back to look for the pastor. He said, when they came to look for the pastor, the pastor, they saw that he was high, very high in the sky, very far. They couldn't reach him. They couldn't reach him. He was way, he was in the realm of the spirit, was very far. Oh, yes. I remember a church just in Accra here. A man of God came from England or somewhere. 
I think it was England. And he came with, and he was a prophet. And uh, he did an altar call. He said, all ladies who are here, you have come to tempt the pastor. Come to the front. That, that is the reason why you came here. You are here to tempt the pastor. Come. Come and see them. One, two, three Until there was a whole row of ladies in front there Altar call in public I don't want to mention the church and all that happened. Sexy ones Super sexy ones You know we have market and supermarket So we have sexy and super sexy the front and lined up. We are here to tempt the past. We have, we have been caught. Come. They came voluntarily to the front. You'll be there and say you are not praying. The Bible says she has drank the blood of the prophets. Prayer brings in a supernatural element. One time Kenneth Hagin was praying in somebody's church, he said when he preaches, it's as if he's preaching to stones. And suddenly as he was praying, he just looked up and the ceiling vanished. And there was a huge monkey sitting in the ceiling. It was just above there. When he saw it, he said, ah, there is a spirit in the church, a demon. And he said to the thing, come down, come down, come out. The thing dropped to the ground like that. Landed in the middle. And he said, walk out. Walk out. The thing looked at him. Started going out slowly. When he got to the door, he turned back. He didn't want to go. And you see confusion in churches. Church is not working. Church is not growing. You see the pastor is so relaxed. You are too relaxed. Church growth doesn't happen by relaxation. You are too casual. Too rested. And the thing went out. He said he came back to that church a year later. It was like night and day. The whole church was full. Everything was working. Because in the realm of the spirit, he was fighting. The pastor is sitting there fighting. And that spirit is inducing all kinds of things in the church. Nothing works. There's no good spirit. No sweet spirit. That is why a pastor must be spiritual. And church members must be spiritual. Your church has a prayer camp. It is your church. You built it. It is your prayer camp. At least if there is nothing. There is a prayer garden. You don't know what is happening in the realm of the spirit. Many things are happening. But prayer always brings in a supernatural element. When John the Baptist was to be born, his father Zacharias was in the temple praying and ministering. Then an angel appeared. When Peter was arrested, the Bible says the church gathered and prayer was offered unto the Lord. And an angel appeared. Every time when people pray, 
there's some response in the realm of the spirit and some kind of response spiritually that is why prayer is important you see people just moving secularly moving 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 trying to do this trying to do this trying to do this trying to do this, and you see especially cholerics Cholerics are driven and they are goal getters and they are people who have to finish targets and finish things. So they get, they get up and they start moving. So a choleric person can be the most unspiritual because he wants to move. But you see, you have to convert that cholerism into prayer and stay in your life. You use cholerism to stay in one place and achieve the staying and praying. Ah, your life will change. There was a pastor. He decided, I don't know what came over him. He decided to hide in his church. I come early and hide in his church and pray. So I don't know how the church arrangement was. But then there was this lady who used to come to the church. That she was sweeping the church. Oh, yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. So he was watching, but she, the lady didn't know that he was there. So he was watching through. The lady was sweeping, sweeping, sweeping. Early morning, suddenly, she took off her, what do you call it? With the bare bottle and sat on all the chairs. You sit on, go from chair, they sit on the chair. He was watching her. I think she charms there. She's charming the chair or casting a spell on every chair. Pull. 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 What are all these? And then you come to church, you are saying, Oh, how I love Jesus. How I love you. You don't know what has been put on the chair. How can the church work? How can the church work? is showing you the need to be a man of prayer. When trouble comes, you can't pray. You can take it from me. Even prayer will not occur to you. You won't even, it won't even occur to you that let me pray. You should have prayed already. Don't use God as a spare tire. No one likes being used as a spare tire. Even spare tires don't like being used as spare tires. One day I was, yeah, you know why? You only use me when you, only, only when you, when you want to have trouble. Some of you children, you only call your father when you need something. And when he sees your phone, you know that, ah, he needs something, that's why he's calling. She needs something, he never called me unless he needs something. And you realize when you see such calls or such people, you, you realize that this ungrateful person is just because you need something. And God doesn't want you to relate with him only when you need something. You must relate to God because you love him and because you've learned just to wait on God. Church growth and gets heaven. Hey. Yes. Church growth and gets heaven. Very important. So your whole life is going to change. 
Yeah, your whole life is gone. This is, this is the one thing. You see people say, oh, I want to be a missionary. You can't go to the gardens from 10 to 5. Prayer gardens 10 to 5. You can't do it. Oh, it's hard. To... Please, go to America and work there, okay? Go to Germany. Go, 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 go to wherever. Yeah, because ministry is about prayer. Yeah. And you see, all spiritual things is prayer. If you don't involve spirituality in what you are doing, even prosperity will not prosper. All jobs, they are, there is a curse on all work on this earth that when you work, you get small. Very little. That is why all those who've gone to Europe, because they work in Europe, they work in America, as a lawyer, as a doctor, as this, it, it leads something small. It takes a blessing before there will be surplus and you even be able to get a house. So let God lead you to become a spiritual person. Yes. And your friend, your best friend or somebody who knows you will know whether you are a spiritual person because that person will know whether you go and pray. Now church, churches are going to start, members are going to start threatening their pastors. Say, Pastor, you, we, we have never heard of you are going to pray anywhere. It's too much. We, we are tired of you. I mean, your ministry is not leading to growth. Yes. We, we, are, we are not being blessed. Pastor, when will you go away and wait on God? Pastor, you don't, you, don't, you don't go anywhere to pray. We have never seen you go anywhere. You are always here. It's too much. We are not refreshed when you preach. Find the nearest pastor and threaten him. Say, Pastor, when, when will you go and wait on God? We, we want an anointed pastor. We, we are tired of dry things. Hallelujah. Listen. Are you listening? We are closing, but I want to tell you something. You know, if you don't go to Gethsemane and pray, certain important people will not take the right decision about you. Because you see, Pontius Pilate, he was the one who was taking the decisions. I mean, they presented him. You see, the priest took him straight to Kephas. That's why I want us to go. We will go from the garden to Kephas' house. Then you will see they have a prison there where they kept him under. But you see, they couldn't sentence him to death because priests cannot sentence people to death. There was a government, and the government was Roman government. So they had to take him to Pilate. So Pilate came out. Now Pilate has to take a decision. This one says this, this one says this. Different ideas were coming as to what to do. People said the way the man is shouting, the way the people are telling this guy, oh, what the child, we should end this case. There's confusion in the system. Then his wife sent a message. Everything depends on Pilate. That's why in the Apostles' Creed, we mention Pilate's name. Crucified under Pontius Pilate. He was the politician who everything depended on. And maybe there is somebody who your life depends on. How the person thinks and how the person decides. But because you don't pray, the mind is free-ranging. So the wife called him and said, Don't touch this man. Release the man. Release the man. His wife. But you see, it was not God's plan to release them. So if Jesus had not prayed, maybe Pontius Pilate would have said, my wife is always right. My wife is a spiritual woman. 
And I've learned to listen to some of the things that he says, especially at certain times. Ah, case dismissed. Go back to your house. Jesus, you are acquitted and discharged. Jesus, you are acquitted and said, go home. Don't go home. We, we, we whip you and then you are free. I see a sister here. She was sent to court for four days. And after they said, you are free, go. So Jesus could have been set free. Somebody arrested for crossing the traffic light, which wasn't working. So when the judge heard that the traffic light wasn't working, he said, ah, what type of case is this? Go home. Jesus, Pontius Pilate could have said, Charlie, no, 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 case dismissed. It's a, it's a foolish case. This one is, uh, I mean, I, I don't know, these guys are crazy. They would have sent them home. Then Barabbas came. Let's vote. And he knew by all means, Jesus will win the election. He's standing for election with Barabbas. I mean, there's no comparison. It will be 1991. Only Barabbas's relative will vote for him. So he stood there and the whole city voted for Barabbas in an amazing and incredible, astonishing decision of all time. They said, we'll choose Barabbas. In this election, we have chosen Barabbas. Landslide. Who do you want? This man is a thief. This man is a liar. This man is a robber. He's a killer. This man is a preacher. He's a healer. Everybody knows him. Who do you want? In an astonishing decision that defies imagination and defies understanding, they chose the election went this way. And Jesus lost the election. Jesus was standing there and said, choose me. Choose me to be free. I'm standing with Barabbas. I heal the sick. I cast out devils. I raise the dead even after four days last week. What a manifesto. The ministry gifts are working. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach, to heal, to set captives free, to open the eyes of the blind. See blind Bartimaeus. And Barabbas was standing there. Barabbas said, don't ask for me. I'm a killer. I'm a rapist. You know, I don't want to mention the number of guys that are raped. I can kill somebody without feeling. Whom do you want to be with you in, in the system? Because it's my custom. And they said, Jesus lifts his hand. How many people? No hand. Barabbas lifts his hand. How many people? Oh, we love you, Barabbas. We love you, Barabbas. Hey. It's too much. It doesn't make sense. So if you don't pray, you'll be surprised. Decisions will be taken. The wrong decision. The decision that had to be taken was, in the end, Jesus has to go to the cross and die for all of us. Yes. And that decision, if you don't take it, will not be taken. So I don't know what decisions are being taken concerning you. One day I heard a, a pastor pray. He said, Lord, let every decision that is being taken about me against my life let that decision be cancelled and I thought about it and maybe there are some people sitting somewhere taking decisions so those who don't pray those who don't go to Gethsemane oh decisions will be flowing your beloved who should have said yes you say no oh yeah somebody will come and tell her some story about you When I met my beloved, somebody came to tell her bad stories about me. Yeah. 
I mean, I didn't, I didn't know why they were saying bad things about me. It's been a long time, so I've had that. So, she didn't know whether I was a bad person or a good person because the person who was talking seemed to be speaking with authority. This guy is like this, he's like this, this and that. So, my wife, she was not my wife then, she was not even my beloved. I didn't even know her name. <laughs> she went to study, learn, she was doing Spanish, so she went to the Spanish department. Spanish department is, there's a channel under it that you walk when you are going to the gardens. So she was in the Spanish department with her friend. Then when you look out of the window, you see the road that goes to the gardens. And she saw me in the morning, alone, walking to the gardens, through the Spanish department. Is it not to you? You didn't want to do Spanish. Uh, uh, how do you say? Speak some Spanish. Huh? Spanish is not coming. So they, they will see me walking there. The man whom they had is a bad person. Then they saw, then they will, they will, they will learn small, they will go to water hall, come back, they will be sitting in the same Spanish department. Then in the evening, they will see me coming alone from the gardens in the evening. Many times they saw me going and coming. They saw that, ah, what type of person is this? He goes, he's going to pray his calm, he's going to pray his calm for countering the decisions and the stories which were on, in the system. Oh, yes. So, your life is changing through Gethsemane. Yeah. Everyone who has to take it, that's why I thank God. Anyone who is stubborn, wicked, this and that, I've seen it all. Oh. It's all part of God's plan. It's part of everything that God has intended. And God will bring it to pass. Well, just commit it to God in prayer. There will be a supernatural involvement in that thing. Lift your hands, everybody. Father, thank you for your power. Thank you for your spirit. You are leading us in a beautiful way. We give you thanks. Just commit yourself to God. Lord, I want to be a spiritual prayerful person from today. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for every hand that is lifted up. For we commit ourselves to prayer and to spirituality. In Jesus name we pray with thanksgiving. And everyone said amen. Amen. As every head is bowed and every eye closed. If you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to be born again. Come to me in the front here. I need to pray with you right now. Come all the way. Pastor. Somebody invited me to church. Maybe somebody invited you, but you don't know Jesus as your savior. I want to say, Pastor, pray with me. Lift your hand like this if you want to give your life to God today. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see all your hands that are lifted up. If you've lifted your hand, you want to give your life to God and your heart to Jesus Christ, then come from where you are standing, upstairs, downstairs, everywhere, come all the way. I want to pray with you right now. Come, come, come. Come running, come running to that mercy seat where Jesus is calling. His grace will be your covering. Get somebody. God is changing your life. It will At turning point. Come on. Come running you want to say, Jesus, mercy I want to give my life to you. Come on. I want to be saved. I want to be saved. Come on. Come from upstairs. Come from the back. Come from the side. Come from the side.
all these who have come to the front to give their lives to God. I'm just waiting. There are some more people. Maybe you are wondering, should I give my life to God? Should I give my life to Jesus? I'm offering you a chance for a supernatural life. I'm offering you a chance to meet Jesus, to know Jesus, to follow Jesus. If you want to give your life to Jesus, I'm giving you the last chance. Come on, we got money. this prayer everybody in front here say Jesus please forgive me for my sins I give my heart to you cleanse me I am a sinner I can't hear you say Jesus I am a sinner wash away my sins make me a new person from today I will follow Jesus I will serve Jesus please write my name in the book of life thank you Lord thank you Jesus for saving me today say after me Satan I reject you I bind you I cast you out of my life in the name of Jesus Christ lift your two hands like this say Jesus thank you Jesus I love you Jesus I need you Jesus I am your servant forever and ever Please accept me in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you so much. God bless you so much. All of you in front here, this, look this way. You see, our pastor is holding a sign, follow me. I want you to all follow him to where he's taking you. And then you come back and join us. We are going to give you something and share something with you. And you come back and join us. So follow, go this way follow the follow me and that is a great blessing put your hands together for them and it's time for holy communion take your holy communion take eat this is my body which was broken for you drink this is my blood which was shed for you She's meeting When I see the blood I will pass over you Father We come before the holy body of Jesus Bless us Heal us Deliver us As we partake of your body The body of Jesus Christ
blessing which we bless. Now, you are about to receive a cup full of blessings. A cup full of blessings. The blood of Jesus. A cup full of blessings. Receive it. Lord encourage you this week the Lord bless you this week the Lord send an angel to intervene and to assist in all matters that concern your life whatever represents an issue of concern in your life it dies this week I say it dies this week you never need to pray about it again after this week in the name of Jesus the Lord bless you. The Lord make his face shine on you. The Lord favor you. And the Lord cause men to choose you, to favor you, to like you, uh, and to adopt you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whatever is lacking in your life, may the Lord supernaturally add it into your life. Let me hear your loudest. Amen. Let me hear your loudest. Amen. May the Lord supernaturally add whatever is missing in your life, whatever is lost in your life. May the Lord supernaturally add it to your life. And let me hear your loudest. Amen. Oh, I can't hear your loudest. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.